Hello and welcome to episode 137 of the True Achievements podcast. I am Rich. I am back. How is everybody? I'm with Dave. Hello. Hello, Dave. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? Yes, very well. Uh, Jack is here too. Hello. How are you doing? Hello. I'm good, mate. I'm good, mate. Let's talk about what we've been playing. So I've been playing Spider-Man, <laughs> which hasn't appeared on my document. Dave's been playing Spider-Man. And uh, Jack's been playing old Forza Horizon games. <laughs> yeah. How are you enjoying Forza Horizon 2? Well, it's uh, just to get me in the mood for Forza Horizon 4, really, but I'd never played 2. Somehow I managed to skip over it, so I played 1, jumped straight to 3, and never went back. But 2 was obviously games of gold, so I thought I may as well hop on it now anyway. So, okay, so it's games of gold, that means it's back and pat. Or is it the Xbox One uh, it's version? It's the Xbox One version, so released ah. on both platforms. Yes, it did. Two lists. Um, it's, um, it's really cool though I like I absolutely love Forza Horizon 3 but it's nice to be onto and in a different environment if that makes sense a bit of a yeah. change I think 2 is my favourite having okay. thought about it long and hard but um, there's no fast travel is there between uh, the towns I think there is oh okay yeah, it's, Maybe it's, said, uh, it's like a tip popped up and said that you can fast travel but um, as with any Forza game great opening sequence oh um, yeah man and yes quality so far yeah, it's brilliant. It's a brilliant game. Does it still hold up graphically? Yeah, I think it does. So I've been actually, I'm, I'm so lazy, I play on my Xbox, but I stream it to my computer and then play on brilliant. a window in my computer. <laughs> so I don't have to turn around right. and look at my telly. Um, right. But even... I think your living room may need rearranging. Yeah, um, even like that, it still looks, uh, looks amazing. looks fantastic. Okay, cool. Um, you played the video, kid. I think you spoke about that last week because I mm-hmm. listened to the pod. You got two more achievements yeah. for 100 Game at School. Yeah, I um, watched this. Uh, well, I saw a little bit of a Stallion live stream when he was playing yes. it, and I discovered that I was trying to push the A button to get the videotapes in the mailboxes exactly, but all you've really got to do is hammer the A button. Yeah. And if you smash a window, you get points and money and stuff like that. So, Is it any good? Uh, it's all right. Is it just easy to um, some easy score, but it's quite difficult. If you like the old school kind of arcade games, it's a reimagining of Paperboy, really. Yes. So it's worth checking okay. out. Paperboy was brutal, if I remember correctly. I've played some games. I completed a game. It's not on here because it was the week before last, but it was uh, Full Blast, mm-hmm. which I think all of us have now done. Haven't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I've also got really into Pinball FX3. I don't know why I decided to play this game. But it's got some really cool challenge modes for each table and there's some reasonably easy achievements to get. And it feels, it's just, I love pinball games and I've sort of forgotten how much I enjoy them. So I've actually put quite a bit of time into that and popped a a reasonable amount of achievements in that. And then Daisy played Disneyland Adventures. So I've got an achievement from that as well. Dave, you've been playing Forza Motorsport 7. Well, I, I did on Saturday. Last week, when I had nothing to do, so <laughs> Spider Manless, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, it was pre Spider Man, <laughs> yeah, so, so B B S before <laughs> <Yeah>. Spider Man, <laughs> yeah, so just did one and more of the championships. They're so long, like the events, I know they're ridiculous, aren't they? Yeah, just I, I don't, it seems even longer than the previous ones. Where I've, maybe my mindset's changed as I've got less time now and stuff i don't know they just seem so grindy it just started getting more grindy when those events in events and they moved oh, yeah. away from the simple grid system where each spot on the grid was one race and that was it 
Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 bad because they seem to have it's like four ways that they can make it make it longer. So they yeah. make the seasons longer. Yeah. Then they make each event in the season more races. Yeah. And then each race has more laps. And yeah. then they use the larger tracks. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get the, endure, <laughs> the endurance events later on. <laughs> it's just nuts. So, so they, do, they do some of some of it's quite fun. Do you know like the ones where you got to go through cones in a set time? I level that. That's oh, brilliant. Yeah, that breaks smash it up. down like the um, pins, like yeah. big massive mm. pins. There's kind of like the Top Gear-esque challenges, aren't there? Yeah, it breaks yeah but there's like... In each season, there's four of them, and they're like one lap each, and then you've got to do a 30-minute race eight times to finish one of the event, and then you've got to do seven of them to get to the next set of it. It's just absolutely too much. I agree. So the Forza Horizon demo dropped yesterday. I've obviously played it loads. I should probably talk about this, actually. I can talk about it now. I'm no longer embargoed. So I went to the McLaren Technology Center um a couple of weeks ago, which is an amazing place. If you like cars, uh, you should go. Even if you don't like cars, I'm not a massive car nut, but the place is just spectacular. And got three hours or so with the game, which is pretty amazing. So I think the demo that dropped yesterday has quite a lot of content, actually. It's not just the first race that I assumed it was, the kiosk demo, uh, as it's known, which um, gives you a taste of all four seasons in one race, uh, which we played at Gamescom, Dave. We did, yeah, really times. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is really good. Uh, but the demo is not just that. It contains quite a lot of the first hour of the game, I think. Apparently, I, I saw somewhere on the Twitter already yesterday, it's about 25% of the actual map, full game map. Yeah. So there's a fair chance. Yeah, so the map opens up very slowly uh, over the first. In fact, it's, it feels, I, can't, I don't know if this is true. In fact, Jack, you'd probably be a better person to ask, having just started two. On four, you get basically one event open up at the start and then it only opens up an extra one each time so it's very limited um playing area is available to you at the beginning and it's very sort of on rails whereas i seem to remember two both two and three were a lot more there's loads of things to do straight away but i might be wrong on that i think um two it doesn't feel as though there's as much as three initially to do straight away and it does it gives you a couple of races that end in the city and then it gives you a few races kind of out from there. So okay. it does give you a little bit of choice, but definitely not as much as the third. Yeah, okay. Well, this is right back to square one where you've basically got one race, then you finish that and then it gives you another thing to do and then you finish that and it gives you another thing to do. But there's no like, here's 50 races, go and knock yourself out, which is quite good, I think, because it shows you, gives you a taste of the different, uh, vehicles that you can get and one of them is a rally race and then you've got your stuntman so the first story um stuff i've played in the game which is the first time horizons had a proper sort of storyline thing going on uh it was very i was dubious about this because storylines in racing games on you notoriously are notoriously not very good but this was a, almost like a side mission type thing and it's very easily done with racing games so it's just about you got a part in a film to be a stuntman so it's just basically more driving uh, but it gives them an excuse to put in some craziness it's effectively wrapping up one of the events they'd have anyway just with yeah, a it's almost like a showcase event just done as, yeah. with the pretext of having a bit of story there's a guy that introduces you which sounds like 99% like Sean Bean I don't know if it is Sean Bean or not but it's just the most Sean Bean sound like person in the world if it isn't him uh, he tells you what you got to do, and you just basically got to drive a. It was a Bugatti, wasn't it? Um, 
to just round this corner while you're getting chased by a jet and then you jump through a windmill like normal just standard driving really um so uh, that was really simple and quite good fun and it just gives you an ex- a chance to uh, have a drive in a different car that i think in fact that is one of the issues dave you'll be finding with seven with forza motorsport seven is that you end up sticking to the same cars all the yeah. time because it costs so much to get different ones yeah and you sort of get you get ones that you really love whereas the start of horizon you're thrown into like pretty much a different car in every race which is really nice because all of them handle differently sound different obviously the different views in the car give you a different vibe with the story mode as well it chucks you into a different vehicle and that's a vehicle that you don't yes, have exactly. to buy exactly they're like there's no way you get so a Bugatti you, yeah you're not having Bugatti to churn out races to try and earn the money to afford the vehicle yeah I've always so, found um, the the money to be quite generous in Forza games. Generally, Forza Seven's a bit tight with it. <clears throat> what yeah, they buy seven hundred cars. That's because of the loot crate system that was in. Yeah, in but Horizon. I always I always find they end up with like sixteen million and not really much, <laughs> yeah. much less. Well, it's so good as well because it's so easy to generate cash. You can just go and do a load of skill chains, which level you up, yeah. and then you get a free spin. So you either get money or cars given to you on the spins, just like in the other ones. And obviously, in um, well, not obviously, but the, one of the big changes for four is that the skill chains beforehand, you'd level up to, I can't remember what level it was, and then that would be it. But for this, every car has its own skill point, skill train tree. So there's, there's reason to keep doing skill um, stuff all the time. And it's so fun. Like I spent, I was just driving to one of the starting points and I thought, oh, rather than going all the way around the map as it says I should go on the road, I'm just going to drive cross-country, straight across. And then as soon as you leave the road, you start generating skill chains. So I was like, oh, right, okay, I'm going to see if I can keep this up and start doing some some spins and some side swipes and some close shaves and just to see how far I could get. And I got up to 100K really quickly, really easily. So it's going to be a lot of fun doing all that stuff. It takes you away from, you know, constant racing which you get in in the most sport games and there's always something fun to be playing at uh and doing so uh the other new changes were after about six or seven races maybe after about an hour of the game um i unlocked the first house which is called the gables you get given this beautiful house um and that gives you access to like wardrobe changes so you can change your outfit and there's emotes in it and there's, there's quite a lot of neat little um things built into each of the each of the customization stuff that I thought would be completely pointless because you're always in a car, but actually you're showing your character quite a lot in the game. Okay. Um, you can't actually get out of a car and walk around, obviously, but um, you do get shown your your character in various cutscenes and um, at the end of the race. Uh, so, that, so it is all worthwhile, I think, all that stuff. It just adds another layer. Uh, and then I went through... So it started the uh, game in summer, and then I went through to autumn. And in fact, one of the first things you do is go back and do a previous race that you'd previously done in summer uh, in autumn, and it's all muddy and wet. And that I think it's like the first time you really notice the difference the season stuff is going to have on the game. And it works really well. So if you get a chance to play the demo over the weekend, I highly recommend it. I don't think you'll get through to the point where the seasons change, but it's a real taster for the game. And I'm pretty sure that you'll love every minute of it. The game looks fantastic, handles amazingly. It feels like it handles better than three, I just it just felt so natural. I I was absolutely gutted when they said your three hours is up because I was I just I'd literally just spent all the money that I'd made so far on a McLaren um, and I was on my way <laughs> to my first showcase event, which was the hovercraft, or it had a hovercraft icon, and I was literally driving there and I was about 
10 seconds away from it when they said, right, this is a wrap. Everyone stop. I was like, no. So anyway, not long to wait now. Uh, Review copies should drop in our inboxes next week, hopefully, Dave, apparently. Uh, which is pretty exciting. So uh, look out for uh, the review coming soon for Forza Horizon 4 and check out the demo in the meantime. Should we talk about streams? Uh, Ollie's not here, but Jack, you did... Oh, no, I did these. Yeah, well, I played uh, (laughs) half half of one of them on... uh, Half of one of the first games, then I had to edit some Forza footage, so... (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah, our Forza videos are up, so if you want to go and see some some of the stuff I've just talked about, uh, check out the story that went up yesterday. Okay, so, yeah, we played Dimension Drive. Okay, so this was interesting. Mm, so this was a yet another shoot-em-up, I should say, because I think 90% of the games that are coming out of a minute on ID seem to be shoot-em-ups. Either that or Ollie chooses to shoot-em-ups on RPGs, mm. I think. Yeah, uh, but this one had a bit of a twist. So it was vertical scrolling, but rather than just having one area of play, the screen was split vertically in two, and you had two but your ship could only be on one side of the screen at any one point. And to hop between the sides, or I suppose jump dimensions, you could push the A button. Yeah, Um, I just considered it hopping between the sides. And uh, so when you're, if your character was on the left-hand side of the screen, you'd see the proper player model. And if you moved left, there's a purple dot on the right side of the screen that actually mirrored your movements. And that would show you where you'd hop to if you pushed the A button. Um, you could only be on one side at once, and each side had an independent health bar. So you had to keep jumping between the two, dependent on what enemies were coming down the screen and what you could take out in the time limit. And if one side of the screen lost all of its health, that ended it and you started over. Um, it's interesting, though. I haven't seen a twist like that on a shoot 'em up. Yeah, it wasn't just health as well as your bullets. So you'd run out of bullets on the left and you'd think, oh, no. So you'd have to swap over to the right. And while you're out, while you're off that screen, mm-hmm. your bullets recharge effectively. Okay. Um, but it was really tricky because the landscape killed you if you touched any of the landscape. Mm-hmm. And there was different landscape on the left and the right. So you'd, you'd run out of bullets on the left and you'd think, oh, okay, great, I'll swap over to the right. And then if you swap over without totally checking out what was going on on the other side, you'd end up just appearing inside a wall and dying immediately yeah. um it was brutally tough we i was like we need to drop the difficulty level down but we were actually on normal and i assumed it'd been easy but no there was no easy there was just four difficulty levels higher than normal <laughs> so like, if it's this hard on normal we have got no hope um and then we played some co-op which just made it even more confusing so you it was a similar principle but you still got the left and the right side but then both of you are on both screens so just really really tough i think it would take a lot of concentration to get somewhere decent in this game i don't think we oh we got three achievements for 90 g's during the time i think if you really like shoot 'em ups and i really do like vertical scrolling this is right up my alley normally but i found it really really difficult so unless you're uh, super skilled you're probably gonna struggle it's almost <laughs> like you need to move your eyes independently and be able it was to yeah exactly it was screen. so difficult to see what was going because it's like a it's a bullet hell game so you've got loads of enemies and loads of bullets going on on the screen at the same time you're focused on that part of the screen you need to be aware what's happening on the other screen it's like wow (laughs) proper tough then after that we played planet alpha which there's been quite a lot of uh, excitement about this game mainly because of the way it looks which is absolutely beautiful it's got a very sort of warm color palette Mm -hmm. very 
bright uh, oranges and blues. And look, this it's a really pretty game. Uh, there's very well, there's no instruction at all. So you're a dude and you land on a planet. So left to right scrolling platformer, I guess you would call it. And you're not 100% sure what you're supposed to do, but you just start walking basically with a limp initially for some bizarre reason that isn't explained. And then the limp suddenly goes and you start running for, again, no explained reason. It wasn't really obvious what you had to do apart from just continue to move across the screen. We very quickly bumped into some aliens who did not like us for some reason, which was not explained, and wanted to uh, kill us immediately. So it was a it was a sort of puzzle platformer where you're trying to work out how to get by each of the enemies. It did have a little bit of a limbo feel because of that. It's very similar, like just yeah. throws you in left to right. Lack of HUD and instructions. And- yeah, um, but wasn't I? Didn't think it was as charming as Limbo. It- um, Another game that reminded me of was Planet of the Ice. It is a bit like that. Agreed, yeah. But much better looking. It, I mean, it looks stunning. Like, seriously beautiful game. Very, very light on gamer score, though. We played it for an hour. We, right at the end, popped the first achievement for 50 Gs. I think... I don't think this game's been flagged yet, but it felt like there were missables looking at the um, solutions for some of the achievements. So, if you're going to play this game... And the completion estimates are around the six-hour mark. Uh, I would recommend f- checking the solutions out first because you do you don't want to have to go and play this again. I would say it was it was beautiful <laughs> but not massively fun. It's worth noting a lot of these solutions reference chapters as well. I say chapters and air yeah. quotes there because there weren't any distinct points or any kind of loading screens as we were progressing through the game. So I'm not sure if you have the ability to pick checkpoints Chapter and chapters yeah, after you've finished possible. it. You might well be able to worth do that. looking into. Yeah. Uh, there's probably some really deep like story going on in the yeah. background of this game that you'll discover as you go through. Um we didn't get that far there in an hour. <laughs> um, we also played Claws of Fury, or Furry, Claws of Furry, good name, and Moonfall Ultimate yesterday, but um, Ollie played it on his own and he's not here, so I don't know uh, much about those games, unfortunately. He did get one achievement for 100 Gs in Claws of Fury, though. Furry. Claws of Fury. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, next week we are playing Fossil Hunters, Raised, Goner, and Super Street the Game, which I played when I was in... Germany at Gamescom and was good fun, good arcade racer. Regular news, Dave. All right, so the first one we've just kind of spoke about anyway. The demo for Forza Horizon 4 is now available, so go on that one. One of the things I haven't played it yet, I'm interested in checking out is you can switch, you know, between like super sweet graphics mode with 4K or sort of like performance with 60 frames per second. So that'd be quite interesting to see. What kind of Have difference you that it? makes? Got it downloaded, just not played it yet. I'll okay, some time over the weekend. Like you we were going to download it yesterday, but um, the store was completely broken. <laughs> <laughs> it kept saying, "Try back in exactly one minute" or something. <laughs> do not. It was like, "Do not press this button for another minute." It was a really weird error we were getting from the store. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna download it and check it out anyway. Because I've even watching the videos when we were cutting the videos for our story, I was getting tingles because I was like, "Oh god." remember what it felt like to drive like that so uh, i'm gonna check it out over the weekend as well yeah definitely check that out last week we picked up the store listing for lego harry potter collection 
that's now been officially announced by Warner Brothers. So we've got a trailer and you can have a watch of that. And it's probably the same game if you played it before. So don't expect anything new. But a lot of people are excited for that one, which kind of surprised me a little bit. How many um, titles are in that? Two. Oh, okay. Calling it a collection is quite a strange. <laughs> well, it's, it's, not, it's not bad price. <laughs> you get the two games for £35 it is in the UK. So it's decent value, especially if you like Lego and you haven't played them before. Definitely worth checking out. That's coming October the 30th in North America and November the 2nd in Europe. So probably not the best time to be releasing a remastered game. I think that might drop into the sales pretty quickly. Something we picked up last week, THQ Nordic, who now have a, a reputation for picking up old IPs that have kind of been abandoned and died and studios and publishers have closed. So they've picked up the rights for Kingdoms of Amula, which was, I, I remember it was quite a, a popular game. A lot of people liked yeah. it. No, not many people played it. I remember it got into quite a bit of financial trouble because didn't like some state or some city in New York kind of give them lots of money towards it and then it God, died and there was like lawsuits afterwards and all sorts of stuff. But they picked up that. So going off their kind of previous form, a remaster with broken achievements wouldn't be a surprise to see at some point. Um, and then there was also talk of a, a massive online RPG World of Warcraft style thing that, that was in being rumoured and abandoned. So maybe we'll see that come back. But that seemed to be a, a popular story, even though I don't think that many people played the first one. <laughs> Yesterday, Xbox announced that we're going to be getting six Final Fantasy games over the next sort of like year. Remastered versions I'll be releasing. So the first one came last week, kind of surprisingly, which was the Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. Later on this year, I think it's November the 6th, we're going to get World of Final Fantasy Maxima. And then during the course of 2019, we're going to get Final Fantasy 7. It's the best one. A lot of love for that one. Uh, Final Fantasy IX, Final Fantasy X, X2 HD, well, I don't know what that is, uh, Final Fantasy XII, The Zodiac Age. What about so Final Fantasy VIII? A... Where's that? I don't know. They've skipped over that one. Yeah. They're rather no bad. one liked that. Even. You think they'd want to do them in order so you could follow the whole series rather than skipping out a game halfway through? But... Well, they'll probably make that five times the price and release that next year. Yeah. I think Final Fantasy VII, that was kind of revealed at PlayStation a few years ago, wasn't it? And people thought it might be exclusive to the PlayStation, but obviously it is. And that's one everyone remembers as well, isn't it? That's the one that kind of solidified people's interest in the series initially. Well, yeah, good news if you like Final Fantasy. That's like 6,000 gamers score, but it's going to take you 7 million hours. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a quick one. Enjoy. Um, another demo that we kind of picked up from the store a few weeks ago, and I was keeping my fingers crossed that the date came true, and it did. The demo for FIFA 19 is now available, so you can play as 10 clubs. Both our teams are in there, Rich, so it's obviously got Europe's elite in there. Yeah. Not, no Arsenal in there, because they're like, not really... Rubbish. <laughs> and uh, you're going to get a chance to play... I'm guessing it's going to be the first chapter of the Journey Champions, Ooh, okay. the final part of his trilogy. 
and he's obviously going to win the Champions League, and you're going to get to play the new Champions League game mode. So exciting! So demo a whole weekend of demos. Yeah, my no, son was excited for that one. Back compact news. Yeah, so we've had two games this week. We've got Zone of Yenders HD Collection and Rumble Roses XX. XX. It should be XXX, shouldn't it? I think so. Looking at the, the screenshots uh, of it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I went to get some screenshots you know, to put in the story, and I was like, right, people, somebody's going to comment if I put that one in. So I, <laughs> I, put, to find I, put, I put the most tasteful work. one that I could find in, and that's still... Really, <laughs> it's like the box art. Still scantily clad ladies. Uh, it's a woman um, in chaps. <laughs> we've had loads of questions, which is good because there's not got much news this week. So uh, let's go on to the mailbag, Dave. First question is the question of the week. It's from Mike Pitch, and he asks, what do you think of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, including a remaster of Assassin's Creed 3 in its season pass? Additionally, how much do you think it will cost? And is this a sign that perhaps the other content included isn't seen as enough value to justify a season pass and these were thrown in to inflate the offering? <sighs> Ooh, lots to get our teeth into there. So, okay, so this was news, uh, very recent news. I'm not even sure we've got the story up yet, but we probably have it up by the time you read this or listen to this uh, podcast. So Assassin's Creed Odyssey is coming with two different DLC packs and Assassin's Creed 3 Remastered in its season pass. How much do you think it will cost? Okay, so the uh, season pass for Assassin's Creed Origins, which is obviously the game that came out last year, and one hour game of the year, our best enhanced game and our best action adventure game. So the season pass for that game was uh, thirty pounds, and it's currently on sale for twenty four pounds. And that included two major expansions, which were the hidden ones and the Curse of the Pharaohs, uh, and a couple of other packs. Um, I didn't think that was a vast amount of content for thirty pounds, to be honest. So it'll be interesting to see how that. I wonder if that didn't sell particularly well, which is why they've added. Assassin's Creed 3 into this one. I wonder if it would take considerably longer to, to remaster an old game than it would be to create a four-hour bit of DLC for a new game. Um, I think they might have some kind of quick way of doing it, because you remember Far Cry, what was last yeah. Far Cry? Far Cry. Far Cry 5 came with Far Five. Cry 3. Yeah, so maybe it's something that they can kind of quickly run through something to kind of give everything a bump. I think yeah, it, okay. it sounds like it's potentially something they've already been working on because they obviously bought out the Ezio collection yeah. a while back anyway and really they'd true. done Brotherhood 2 and Revelations for that. So I guess they probably released those as a bundle and they've already... This wasn't Doesn't just work. kind of a thought now. They've started it and they're probably halfway through. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair, it's a fair point. I mean, I can't remember if I really liked 3. I loved 2 and Brotherhood and then I sort of lost my enthusiasm for the series after that. Three was very much kind of Marmite, wasn't it? Like, I thought the gameplay had some good improvements, but Connor was a bit of a mm. boring. Oh, character. that's right. Was it the one with all the strange language halfway through? You... Yeah, right? Not sure. He was set in America, so you were fighting oh, with like okay. Washington and the part of the Revolution and all kinds of stuff. Okay, I don't think it grabbed me anyway. I think yeah, I think your assumption, Mike, is probably correct that this is being done to bump up that that value yeah. factor of the season pass because I don't think £30 for two bits of DLC is worth it, personally. No. Well, this might tip the balance. I'd much rather have a full game, even if I'm not going to play it, than kind of a couple of costumes and some character skins. I'm probably never going to equip in-game. Yeah, exactly. Totally so, agree. Seems like a good trade-off. Definitely trade a better value proposition. 
Interesting, though. Good question. Uh, I just find will it. Will be picking up Odyssey? Will you pick up Odyssey, Dave? You will, won't you? Yeah, hopefully I'll get to review it, but if not, I'll definitely buy it. I just find it amazing that they already know the kind of names of the story content, because usually with stuff like this, they say, oh, you're going to get two expansions, and you don't hear about what the expansion content's going to be at all until a couple of months before. Yeah. This I think is- they did the same with Origins, to be fair. I think we knew there were Curse of the Pharaohs and the Hidden Ones. I think that was a announced before as well yeah i think they've been quite up front i'd I'd rather know that there was you know two and they give you some kind of idea of how like it tells you how many chapters are in those dlcs and stuff like that i'd rather that than they say oh you're gonna get 10 dlcs with it and then they come out and it's like one mission or something like that that takes 10 minutes and it sounds like a lot in advance. I wonder if um, you'll be able to buy the third game outside of the season pass initially as well, if I release all of that. Did they do it with Far Cry Remastered? I can't remember. Far Cry 3 Remastered? I think they gave that to season pass holders early, didn't they? Potentially. Yeah, it was. Yes, actually, yeah. Right, and then yeah. you could buy it, yeah. Mm. All right, next one is from Ian Triplo. Uh, remembering how quick some games hit the sales last year, Wolfenstein comes to mind. Is Games Pass, especially with Forza Horizon 4, and he says the demo is amazing, going to slow sales. For once, he's he's got impulses under control, bad, just cars and the division. Okay. Um, I assume when he says slow sales, he means um, full price sort of day of release sales rather than actual sales that he's talking about in the first sentence. Um, uh, yes, I believe it probably will slow sales. It's that time of year when it's just thick and fast games. So Forza Horizon 4 was going to be the one I would have picked up instantly anyway. There's a lot of other good stuff coming. And I guess it doesn't really, I suppose it doesn't make a big difference to me. But if there are other people out there that weren't necessarily going to buy Forza Horizon 4 and we're going to buy something else that have Game Pass and they play that first hour and they're hooked, like I think most people will be, there's no reason for them to jump out and necessarily buy those other games on day of release because they're going to have hundred odd hours of content in Forza Horizon 4 to keep them busy. But from everything we've read about Game Pass, they're saying that it's increasing sales for those games, which seems bizarre to me, but apparently that's what it's doing. I think you can understand that with a game that is kind of in Game Pass and there's potential for it to leave, but with it, Horizon being a first-party title, yeah. it's going to be in there for the foreseeable future at least, isn't it? Yes. And probably until it's delisted in two years' time or four years' time. I want to play it early, though. Just to get those three days early, four days early. I, th- I wonder if it, like, for slow sales, I wonder if it might increase sales of other games because Forza Horizon 4 was like, or 3 was an amazing seller. And if your budget only, say, allows you to buy one game a month and you can play it in Game Pass, you've got the opportunity you to buy other games money. now. Yeah. So you could go off That's and pick really up point. Red Dead Redemption or whatever when that releases. Yeah. Or, yeah. I hadn't even thought That's about it like point. that. Yeah, uh, although all your money is going on your Game Pass subscription. It's, it's an absolutely great investment, because, I mean, like even if you wanted to play Forza day of release or whatever, you pay, what, like eight quid for a month of Game Pass, and you've got it for a month at that point. And if you're yeah. not like a huge gamer, you could probably get, if you play it for a month, that'll probably do you, ain't it? Yeah. Yeah, by then, probably after, a, a, say, a couple of weeks of playing it nightly, you've mm-hmm. probably finished like all the main yeah, story yeah. kind of stuff, and then you just on to clearing up championships and the other outside bits, aren't you? So, but the problem with well, the good thing with Horizon Four is that it's changing every week, so True. the content 
the content is going to keep going, which is going to be interesting, I think. You should be so I think marketing might... for uh, Playground. Like... <laughs> yeah. Just getting a little bit of every time line. he drops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time he mentions seasons, so it's like ka-ching. <laughs> a season changes everything, did you know? <laughs> Excellent. Okay, good question. Thank you. Andrew came in with a question. Yeah, uh, based on the site poll uh, from last week, have you ever bought a console just for one game? If so, which one? And if not, would you ever? I have. Mine tend to be Nintendo consoles. <laughs> so I bought, um, well, everyone knows I bought a Switch because we streamed Breath of the Wild as soon as it came out. Spent an absolute fortune on the Switch on day of release and uh, the digital copy of Breath of the Wild because I wanted to play it straight away. And I've played that for an hour. <laughs> on uh, the stream? So, yeah, on the stream. So... You've all experienced as much of my Switch playing as I have. Um, yeah, I couldn't get on with the buttons. I put all the buttons in the wrong place, and it just annoyed me. So, stupid console. You did um, um, pull it out. I did buy the Labo, the Labo. And Daisy and I have uh, built various cardboard things, which are quite good fun. So I have used it for that. That was about 90 quid as well. So I probably spent about 600 quid on my Switch and various things that I've used for about three hours. I also bought the Wii U. No, the Wii for Wii Sports and pretty much only Wii Sports because everything else that I played on it wasn't anywhere near as good as Wii Sports. And I think when I bought my PS3, that was for a specific title as well. Uh, probably Uncharted, I would guess. So that was bought for one, but I've played a lot more on it since then. Um, I think the problem is, if, you, if you're Xbox gamers, as we all are, and most games are multi-platinum, as, uh, multi-format as they are, you just you stick to that console, so you're only ever going to play the exclusives on, on the other consoles and therefore not get as much out of them. But, Jack, have you ever bought a console for a single game? Um, I don't really think so i think um the first so it was always kind of a, a nintendo household growing up so we had a snares and stuff like that and then i jumped ship and went to playstation got a playstation 2 um and i got metal gear solid with that and poured hundreds of hours and metal gear solid two sons of liberty yeah poured a lot of time into that but it wasn't specifically for that okay i ended uh, up playing a lot then. more on it yeah dave well, I originally got me 360 just for Call of Duty 4. Mm-hmm. So would, if Call of Duty 4 was not coming out, would you not have bought that console? Um, I wouldn't have had the need. I mean, it was because okay. at the time I was in playing in a band and stuff and everybody was talking. Like Every time we did a gig and there was other bands there, everybody's like, oh, what's your game attack? Let's play Call of Duty 4 and stuff. Oh, everybody wow, was okay. talking about Call of Duty 4 everywhere I went. And I wasn't really playing a lot of games at the time. I think I got like a... PS2 that I just picked up in a sale the Christmas before I bought me 360 because it was like 50 quid or something like that. So, yeah, I suppose it, it was specifically just to play Call of Duty 4 with everybody, but obviously I bought other games at the same time. And then Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Come on, Spider Man. Should we have a little two minutes on how good Spider Man is? Can do. Um, most people, just skip forward two minutes if you have no interest in Spider Man. It's really good. <laughs> I've, I've actually, for the first time in ages, I woke up the other day before my wife and my daughter were awake and I snuck downstairs to play Spider-Man. I can't remember the last time I did that with the game. I noticed you popping trophies at like five, five, 
40 or something. I know. <laughs> How mad's that? But yeah, it's really, really good. Although I'm now at the point where it's turned into a bit of a grind. I've got like, I think I've got three or four missions left at the end of the game. And it's just trying to clear up all the all the stuff on the map. And there's, I think there's going to be some quite challenging bits to get the platinum. Some of the um, the challenge modes look quite tricky. Have you have you got close to that yet? I've got five trophies left. So the game is split. Yeah, there's nothing. I don't know. Nothing seems hard so far. There's um, so the, the map split up into kind of districts, like yeah. Uh, and each of them has got a load of stuff. It's kind of like a Ubisoft style game where you've got loads of little side missions and some of the side missions are okay. Some of them are rubbish. Like catching pigeons is really annoying. For some reason, you have to swing after it. And then, yeah, it's just a case of clearing up the last few bits of each of them little districts. Some of them are like random events, like these, these crimes that just appear yeah. on the map. They've stopped appearing and, for me now. I don't know why. But I've got loads yeah, of them you still to just do. keep kind of swinging around an area for a, a while, like a couple of minutes, then one will appear. Okay. So doing them and then upgrading and stuff at the end. But you upgrade. So every time you do one of these little side events, you'll get like tokens. And then to upgrade everything, you need to use these tokens to unlock them. So you have to do the various different kind of side missions in order to unlock stuff. But yeah, so far so good. The combat's kind of. Batman esque, although I'd say it's yeah. a little bit easier to be honest. It doesn't yeah. feel as tricky and as I don't feel like I'm twisting my thumbs in half trying to do it. <laughs> and and then yeah, the, the the best bit for me is the traversal. They've nailed it absolutely so well. Yeah, I totally agree. Excellent. Okay, well, if you have a PlayStation, pick up uh, Spider Man. Uh, if you haven't, then maybe think about picking up a PS4 <laughs> in a sale after Christmas because. Uh, we're both playing it on a regular PS4, and it still looks fantastic. There's no, I don't think there's any reason to get a pro just for, just no, for this no, game. No, Mark said like it doesn't seem to make much difference. So okay. it's not, it it's not really like fun, it's the next style graphics, is it? So We're coming up to the next question, actually, which will be interesting. So Overhunter asks... So far, I'm enjoying so many games I have this year, but if it was the end of the year right now, what would be your game of the year? Okay, so it's a toss-up at the moment between Far Cry 5 and uh, Spider-Man for me. I loved Far Cry 5 immensely, but I'm really, really enjoying Spider-Man. Jack, have you, you haven't played too much new this year, have you? Uh, I haven't played too much new yet. It's, oh, it's difficult. So I've played snippets, obviously, uh, the new Trials game. Oh, yeah. Have um, you? Well, yeah, I've played uh, the beta for it. Which was oh okay. Uh, Have you spoken about that? Uh, it's NDAs. <laughs> oh okay. But, uh, ah. It was my usual okay. trials experience. Uh, okay, right. giving nothing away. Okay. Uh, it's quite good. <laughs> uh, in, t- in terms of games I've played this year, I had missed out on Tomb Raider um, a couple of years ago. The uh, Rise of a Tomb Raider that was absolutely fantastic. So I think I'm definitely going to jump into the new Tomb Raider, and that's probably okay. That's out now. Yeah, at least going to sort me out until Forza comes out. Then Red Dead. But okay, so our review of um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider went up this week, and we gave it four out of five. Uh, the general consensus seems to be pretty good on that. Interestingly, it's scoring higher on Xbox across the board than it is on PlayStation. And uh, as far as I can tell, they're almost identical ports. So we're wondering if it's a bit of platform bias for those people on uh, PlayStation that have just been spoiled by God of War and um, Spider-Man 
that maybe they don't feel this is up to that level. And on Xbox, we haven't had anything of that that quality, so maybe they're bumping it up a bit on that. I don't know, but um, I'm certainly going to check it out. I enjoyed what I played of it at Gamescom. Yeah, uh, to give a proper answer for a game that actually released this year. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> a way out. Oh, I still haven't played that yet. Oh, you need to. I know. Well, let's see. I need someone to play it with. Okay, I will arrange to find someone to play it with. In fact, if you're listening to this pod and you want to play a way out with me, drop me a PM on the site and um, we'll we'll hook up if I can make the times work. You'll be sitting there refreshing your inbox, waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I won't be able to start it until I get an invite. Dave? Um, struggling, because I've not really... I mean, I've played some new releases, but I have not got far enough in them to really have a an opinion like i've still not really got into far cry 5 i've done that first little intro mission bit and not got any further so i'd, I'd say probably a way out is the same for me that's okay the one what about spider-man if you could include playstation games yeah if, if i could include that then spider-man would be so fair. okay interesting cool thank you for the question okay next one is from philip arnold been seeing comments about lack of support towards UK players from Xbox. Uh, they've got no appearance at EGX and general lack of promotion in the UK. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, this is probably fair. They don't generally have much of a presence at EGX. Uh, they are, they definitely seem to me to be a, a more US focused company, whereas a lot of the other big, well, I suppose Sony and Nintendo will push the boat out a lot more at things like Gamescom. But this year we noticed uh, that I think the Xbox booth, if we want to call it that, uh, was at least the same size as PlayStation booth. And last year it definitely wasn't. And I think the year before it definitely wasn't either. Oh, at Gamescom. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought Sony's stand this year was quite small at Gamescom, which was surprising given the amount of big games that they've got. But yeah, Microsoft don't generally have much of a presence at EGX, so... I don't really know, and that is the only UK. To be fair, EGX, I think it's a little bit more publisher-driven, so you'll get people like Team 17 will turn up and all of the smaller games there showing off under, which are generally coming to both platforms anyway, will be there. So it's it's not a direct presence from Microsoft, but there's an indirect presence. I think presence there is a PlayStation presence. Console. Okay. At least we will know more about that next week. As for lack of promotion, I'm not sure that's necessarily true. We're seeing lots of ads for PUBG on Xbox One at the moment. Um, we had some stuff for uh, with some stuff kicking around for Forza Horizon at the moment. So yeah, I think I think their focus is the US, and it always has been. They always have big presence at the E3 and the PAX, various PAXs, yeah. and they have to decide where they're going to put their um, marketing budget. I guess I suppose it's where they're they're based. So yeah, I think you'll probably find more. I don't know if this is true, but I'd be interested to find out. I think they probably have larger areas of packs than they do than PlayStation do. But I, I will, I will try and find that out. Uh, but certainly, it's conference season at the moment, so you can't be everywhere at once. And it's the case of choosing the place that you think is going to have the biggest impact, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't think they, you know, there's a disregard for UK gamers at all. At least not a conscious one. Well, they did take our best social person, didn't they, in, in uh, AC Bongos and took they him have, to the yeah. US. So he's all US now. He's been Americanized. Yeah, we don't yeah. Eating hot dogs have, uh, and wearing flags. And, yeah. We don't seem to have like a, a UK person, do we? Like I know Germany had that Maxi. She was at Game Yeah, Maxi. Yeah, she was great, actually. And she gets on E3 and stuff. We don't really have a person in the UK now, do we, really? 
Or if we do, I don't know who it is. Maybe you could become Maybe. that person, Dave. Yeah, Maybe Dave. the next Daisy yeah. Bond goes for UK Larry Herb. <laughs> Harry, it's Xbox League. Live, <laughs> <laughs> Dave. Uh, amazing. Uh, next question is from a great name, Cam Before the Sean. He asked, we all know that some games can hit you right in the feels with the story, unexpected deaths or hard choices to make, but has a game ever made you actually cry? I think only one ever, and that was the first Walking Dead Telltale, which did actually have me in bits at the end. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think, I mean, at least crying emotionally. I think there's a few that have made me cry because they're so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Brick Breaker. Yeah, but apart from that, no. I tend to skip a lot of cutscenes. <laughs> unless, unless it's like unskippable. Uh, I've been pretty good with Spider-Man, actually. I've barely skipped any because it's quite a faff to skip them. You have to go to a separate menu, press yeah, it's a bit button, odd, isn't it? scroll down quite a few choices and then click a button and then and then say, yes, I really do want to skip this cutscene. So <laughs> I've been watching most of the, most of the Spider-Man ones. Um, but they're good, to be fair. Jack, anything made you cry? Uh nothing jumps to mind you're too hardcore for yeah exactly i'm years. too manly <laughs> yeah uh don't even... i don't know not that i could think of i mean like like you say the end of the walking dead was really emotional but not to the point where i was like crying but i don't really cry at films and that kind of stuff like that. oh i ball constantly i cried in um trolls when justin timberlake <laughs> starts singing for the first time I'm sat there with my four-year-old daughter, and she's like, Daddy, what's the matter? <laughs> oh, no, Justin Timberlake's crying. Uh, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, easy to get tears out of my eyes for some reason. I don't know why. Let's move on to new achievement This Jack. We've got plenty again. So we've got Shadow of a Tomb Raider, uh, which review is up on True Trophies for, isn't it? 63 achievements for... That's a lot of achievements. <laughs> Usually games are. Uh, we've used up on trophies and on, on and TA as well. Great. Uh, then we've got Siggy a fart for Melazina. with seventeen <laughs> achievements. Uh, now supposed to be under an hour completion. That one. Oh wow! Definitely one to look into then. Uh, NASCAR three or NASCAR Heat three with sixty-one achievements. Final Fantasy Fifteen Pocket Edition HD with 95 achievements. 95. Mm. Construction Simulator 2 with 76 achievements and all oh, of the achievements in the it's an odd gamer score. Yeah. Awful list. Mm. There's a 37 gamer score achievement. It's, yeah, it's not there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's like they've run the list through some like algorithm just to give random numbers and gone, mm. there you go. Okay, uh, out of a box with twenty-seven achievements. Fossil Hunters with forty-six. Super Street the game, which we'll be streaming next week, along with Fossil Hunters, uh, with twenty-eight achievements. Time Carnage with twenty-one. ACA Neo Geo Aggressors of Dark Combat with twelve. Raised uh, with forty-two, and Goner with nineteen. Both of those will be streaming as well. Anodyne with sixteen. Transference with fourteen. And League of Evil with twenty one. Mm. A couple of couple of new DLCs as well. We've had update twenty three point five, Mask of the Revenant, hitting Warframe with one achievement of twenty gamer score. Daybreak in State of Decay two with twenty nine achievements for two hundred and fifty gamer score. 
and West Somerset Railway in Trainsim World with eight achievements for 95 gamers. Uh, If you have State of Decay 2, I can recommend Daybreak. It's a fun horde mode, uh, especially if you've got people to play it with. It's really good. Uh, New releases. Okay, so NHL 19, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Raised, Gona, and Nefarious are all out today. We are streaming some of those next week. Fishing Sim World is coming next week. David, didn't you play that at Gamescom? I did. It was, was basically it? the same as Dovetail Games Euro Fishing, but they've added is it bass, the same bass in now. Yeah, same developer publisher. Okay. They, they added bass in, and you can do that weird spinner fishing thing and laws. Why didn't they have bass in there before? Were they missing a license or something? That- yeah, they probably <laughs> ass, just couldn't render the bass or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> It's all about the bass. I'm all about the bass. Exactly. Um, Transference, Scribblenauts, Megapack. Oh, Scribblenauts is quite good fun, isn't it? That's out next week. Uh, League of Evil and Hover and ACO Neo Geo Cyberlip are all out next week. Thank you for joining us today. We'll be back again next week. after We're all going to EGX next week, so we'll have some EGX stories, hopefully. Uh, actually, I won't be back till Friday night, so I won't be doing the pod, but hopefully the other guys will be able to do that next week, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. See you later.